Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast, and boy, what a week it has been in NASCAR. Finally, the next-gen car has, one, a name, and two, it's hit the track. So, it's a form of the next-gen car, it's not exactly what they're going to be running, they sort of just tested out what they liked, what they didn't like, what was good, what wasn't good, and from all accounts, it really seems like this new car is going to be well-received. The Fans tend to like the way it looks. Personally, I, I like the way that this car looks. The wheels are huge. They are really big wheels. They're up to 18 inches now. And the uh, test car had five lug nuts on it. There's been rumors that it's only going to be one single lug nut, that similar to Formula One. But that doesn't appear to be true. The spoiler on the back is still gigantic. The rear windshield is one of the things that I noticed was really big, and there's also a diffuser on the car, which is something new for NASCAR, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And for those of you listening who are going, well, what the heck is a diffuser? I've never heard anything of that, of the sort. Is it one of those things that's like an air freshener for a car? Not that kind of diffuser. So, to put it simply, reading it off of Wikipedia, which is the uh, easiest way to dumb things down so that I can understand it, is a diffuser in an automotive context is a shaped section of the car underbody which improves the car's aerodynamic properties by enhancing the transition between the high-velocity airflow underneath the car and the much slower free-stream airflow of the ambient atmosphere. Meaning, the faster the car goes, the more downforce it has. So this high downforce package is here to stay. NASCAR has stated that. So the diffuser increases downforce in the car. It's basically very precisely shaped underbody uh, on the car which is now something they will also have to test at inspection and check and make sure everybody's in compliance with, because altering that could give teams huge, huge advantages. Also, if you are at all curious about the other kind of diffuser for cars, at the most basic level, essential oil diffusers work by dispersing essential oils into the air to be inhaled and easily absorbed by the body. As an added benefit, most essential oils also emit a pleasant scent into the air when distributed via diffuser, also purifying the air, killing bacteria and fungus. So, whichever one NASCAR is running, nobody's quite sure, but we'll see. We uh, delayed this episode of the Bottled Up Podcast so that we could have a good rundown of the Truck Series race, of which I caught only the second half as Purdue football crushed the Maryland Terrapins. What was it, 40-14 to 14 at the end of the game? Fantastic game by Jake Plummer, my boy. Uh, who do you call, who's the replacement for Sindelar, who has a broken collarbone? And who do you call when your season's going down the drain? Well, that's easy. A plumber who had 400-plus throwing yards today in an incredible game. But before that, we're going to uh, go over the results of the truck race where Ross Chastain, fan favorite, caused the big one. He did come back and apologize for it. Knew what he did uh, right away. He didn't even see the replays. I understood it. But Spencer Voigt. It's not the first car that crosses the line that's the winner in NASCAR uh, sometimes because sometimes those people don't do it in the ways that NASCAR deems appropriate, legal, however you want to put it. So Johnny Sauter, first one across the line, was not the winner. He is going to be black. He was black flagged at the end of the race mid burnout. So he was actually scored further back in the field. So he was scored at the tail end of the lead lap in 14th. Uh, 15th was Anthony Alfredo, first truck a lap down after his, he blew a left rear tire. There was some speculation that somebody got into him, the left rear. I thought that was the case, but apparently, according to Anthony, nobody ever hit him. It's that he hit something on track, which blew the left rear tire, 
and that's uh, that's what put them a lap down. All they needed was one more caution, and they would have been back on the lead lap, which is a major bummer because we're used to these truck races getting, like, eight cautions at the end of a race for the last two laps, and we only got one. So that's good because less trucks are torn up, but at the same time, you know, when you need that one caution, you never quite get it. But Spencer Boyd was your winner with Todd Gill in second, Riley Herbs the third after he got forced below the double yellow line by Johnny Sauter. Johnny came back and said that uh, it was actually contact from Herbst. He was saving the truck, which pushed Herbst lower. Whose ever fault the contact that was was uh, not clearly stated, but NASCAR held by their ruling and said, nope, this is what was talked around the driver's meeting. You may face a penalty for this. And Johnny Sauter did, so he finished 14th, tail end of the lead lap. Brett Moffitt finished fourth. Stuart Friesen had a very rough day, was a lap down for a while there, got a speeding penalty on pit road, got penalized for locking bumpers. That 52 truck comes home fifth. Austin Hill sixth. Tyler Ankrum, who is still in the hunt for the uh, playoffs, I believe he's fifth in points off the top of my head. It's such a close battle for those top four spots uh, for the, with two races left to go, Martinsville and ISM before they go to Homestead for uh, those final four races. The round of six is getting very intense, very close. Matt Crafton in eighth, Sheldon Creed ninth, and Grand Infinger tenth, Harrison Burton eleventh, Ben Rhodes twelfth, Corbin Forrester, a great run for him in thirteenth, and as mentioned, Johnny Sauter fourteenth. Some other notable trucks. Actually, Norm Benning had a great race and finished eighteenth. That's one of those teams that is is out there. They're not necessarily a start in park but the, they don't have the uh, the equipment that some of the other teams do. And they go out, they run a good race, and do their best. Ross Chastain was 22nd. Cody Rohrbau, uh, if I'm, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly, actually was out front, led a lap, and was involved in an accident. He finished 24th. And Mason Massey rounded out the field with, uh, in 32nd. Tyler Dipple in 31st. And John Hunter Nemechek in 30th. The Xfinity Series has an off weekend this weekend. They are off uh, doing their own thing, and they get a weekend off. But the Cup schedule, the Cup Series does not get a week off today. So this week, excuse me, not today, but they were on track yesterday for practice and in qualifying today, where this is being recorded at least, they were uh, qualified today. Practice one, Denny Hamlin was your leader, followed by Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Corey LaJoy, and Michael McDowell. So they had some uh, good drafting up at the front. Ross Chastain in 7th, Brendan Gaughan in 8th, so a lot of uh, names you don't usually see up near the front were uh, leading the practice. Corey LaJoy in 4th place, though, that's uh, pretty incredible for that team. I'm excited to watch it, Corey's a fantastic racer, so seeing that is good. In practice number 2, it was the Ford Show, Clint Boyer, Eric Almirola, Paul Menard, Kevin Harvick were your top 4, Ryan Priest and Alex Bowman, the only two Chevys in the top 10, really in the top 12, snuck in and were 5th and 6th. Brad Kozlowski, Ryan Blaney, Ryan Newman, all Ford, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Matt DiBenedetto was 10th. The only Toyota, the next Toyota, was 15th. Eric Jones, after that, 21st, 27th, and 30th. And from there on back, it's mostly Toyotas. So that's uh, quite interesting. Only 33 teams turned laps in practice, number two, probably saving equipment and being careful. But, again, a great run for Ryan Priest there in uh, practice number two, so he must have gotten a great run. And Matt DiBenedetto up in 10th. That's starting to become more and more expected. David Reagan in 12th. Going over to qualifying, though, it is as one would expect at these super speedway tracks. Hendrick Motorsports takes the front four. Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Jimmy Johnson in that order. Chase Elliott gets the pole, the track he won at last year. 
or I'm sorry, not last year, earlier this year, Chase Elliott won at Talladega, and now he will be leading the field to green. William Byron will be right behind him, pushing him. He's got Alex Bowman and Jimmy Johnson, as mentioned, on the outside. And then Ford's all the way back to 10th. Eric Almirola, Brakoslowski, Ricky Senhouse Jr., Clint Boyer, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, followed by a Toyota in 11th, Eric Jones, and then all the way back to 18th is your next Toyota, and then just sort of sprinkled throughout the field until then. But actually, it's uh, pretty interesting that Denny Hamlin did not put down a time and was not scored for qualifying. Spencer Boyd, 39th. Reed Sorensen, 38th. Some uh, good names to see there. Parker Kligerman, 32nd. Matt DiBandetto, 31st. And Ryan Priest, 30th. Those guys are running up near the front. So hopefully their cars are good in the draft. They just didn't have the uh, single car speed. Qualifying ahead of Kyle Busch was Landon Castle driving the number double zero. He qualified 25th. Michael McDowell, 22nd. Matt Tift had a good run up in 16th. Kevin Harvick all the way back in 15th. Paul Menard, who will not be starting the race tomorrow according to rumors. It will be Matt Crafton instead due to some neck issues. I believe the plan... Actually, he may be starting the race. The, the rumors are up in the air. At most, it'll be until the first caution. He'll come down, pit... And then Crafton will get in the car, but if things go south for Paul Menard and he can't get in the car whatsoever, that he will not be starting the race due to neck issues. And as we sort of wind down the re and recap here over the course of the week, I want to go and talk about some stats over at Stafford Motor Speedway for the season that some of you, most of you probably know. I actually worked over there at the track. I'm a pit road announcer there. I've agreed to come back for next season. They were generous enough to offer me the position, and I absolutely love working there. I would love to try working at some of the other tracks. A lot of the announcers will work the, you know, the Waterford Speed Bowl and Thompson Motor Speedway as well. So I would love to go and work with them and continue working with them. It's just an absolutely incredible time. I love working at the racetrack and doing all that. So let's go over some of the stats for the, the Premier Series, the SK Modifieds. They are the, they're, the, they're the main show of the night, and it's really incredible, some of, these, some of these statistics here that they posted. So the average margin of victory for the SK Modified Series was .407 seconds. That's the average. The closest was one one-thousandth of a second on May 4th, where Keith Rocco edged out Mike Gervais, 18 events had a finish with less than one second from first to second. Seven events had a margin of less than one-tenth. And three events had a margin of less than one-hundredth of a second. 0 .01 seconds. Three events had that. Most seven events were under 0 .1 seconds. And almost all the events were under one second. All these cars were, uh... All these cars were really, really close. They're set up well. And the drivers there are pretty unbelievable. The second closest finish, which was the one that, if you go over to their Facebook page, uh, where I'm getting all these statistics from, the, the video that they attach is Mike Christopher Jr. in his race against uh, Marcello Refrano. He raced towards the line, and then Ronnie Williams is the one that beat him. I was actually down there on pit road watching that race. I believe that was actually my last night there, and I'd been saying the entire season, every single week, Mike Christopher Jr. is going to go out there and win the race, and it was it was the joke up in the press box. I said, Alexandra Fern was going to win the limited late models, and I was correct there a few times. I said that Mike Christopher Jr. was going to win. I said Mikey Flynn was going to win, and I was correct on one of those three. I'm one for three. Uh, Mike Christopher Jr. did not win a, a race last season, unfortunately, but he came awfully close quite a few times. Alexandra Fern, as I mentioned, did win. Mikey Flynn, that team had so much bad luck last year. If they didn't have bad luck, they'd have no luck at all. It was un 
believable, the adversity they came over, but that team came back, blew up their SK Light motor. Well, I shouldn't say they blew it up. The motor blew up on them, and so they actually dropped in SK Modified motor that they had since it's the same... Uh, the, it's the same chassis, just a different engine. It's actually the same chassis for the tour types as well, and a, a larger engine in there. So they are in the SK Modified series. Um, but I was down there on pit road during that race, and it was in the last turn that Ronnie Williams drove in hard, dive-bombed Mike Christopher Jr., and pushed him up the track. And I remember talking to Mike after the race um, over the PA system. He goes, yeah, that's racing. That's how it is. And then I talked to him in person after. He goes... I cannot believe I put myself in that position. I cannot believe that happened. But Mike is a fantastic racer. He's racing over at Thompson Motor Speedway in the World Series. That event is going on. I, I've heard 20 divisions of racing are all going there. The American Canadian Tour, the Wheel of Modified Tours. They've got SK Mods, SK Lights, uh, their version of Street Stocks. The name is slipping me off the top of my head. But it's just an amazing weekend of racing there. I wish I could see it. I wish I could be back home and watch all the racing there, but I will be back soon, that is for sure. Another big event that's caused a lot of controversy in the past week is Zach Novak is the iRacing Peak Champion, $40,000 payday after he beat out Keegan Leahy at the uh, virtual Homestead Miami Speedway, and it was just it was a really incredible finish. Very emotional that they had the camera on him right after he won it he was you know he's in tears his parents his family comes in and they're all congratulating him and hugging him he's 40 he's 17 years old forty thousand dollars richer and he's got a, a pretty good career going a lot of people were uh taking shots at him saying it wasn't real racing he's not a real nascar champion this that and the other it's it's nobody is equating i racing to actual racing Nobody is saying they're the same thing. Nobody is saying that he is as good as, let's say, Joey Logano. Nobody's saying that. Nobody is saying if he were to get into an actual real car, he would be able to go out there and win another championship like that. That's not what it is. But this is a NASCAR-sanctioned series. He did win it. He is the champion. And it does take a lot of skill. It's not easy to do. You look at, let's go with Anthony Alfredo. He has an incredible sim racing setup. Very, very nice. Set up by his friends over at Sim Seats. They sponsor him. Great people over there. I've, I've talked with them before. They're great people there. And he's an actual truck driver. I mean, he drove late models. He's a K&N East winner. He's racing up in the truck series and doing well. Almost won a couple races. And if he goes on iRacing, and I beat him. I, I, you know, and maybe Anthony doesn't like that I say this, but I can beat Anthony Alfredo on iRacing. Christian Eckes, same thing. He's a good, he's a fantastic truck driver. He almost won at Gateway, or Worldwide Technologies Park, excuse me. And I can go out there and I can keep pace with him. It, Christian's a little bit better <laughs> than Anthony. But if we were to get into a real car, they would smoke me any day of the week. But it still takes skill, and it's something you have to practice to be good at. They put a lot of hours in on those cars, those virtual cars, getting everything ready and performing at the highest level in front of thousands of people. It's something that brings fans into the sport. It brings a younger generation into the sport. The stereotype of NASCAR is older, drunken rednecks that just go and watch the race and drink beer. And while they, that is some of the fans, NASCAR is trying to change that. We're trying, you know, they're trying to get more female fans in the sport. They're trying to get younger fans involved. And a really good way to do that is get something, get behind something that they can participate in, participate in at home. 
I have a wheel sitting on my desk and pedals uh, under my desk that I use and I play iRacing. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And would I be as interested in NASCAR without it? Probably. But with some other people that I race and, you know, got into racing because of that? Maybe not. How many people have gotten iRacing just from watching the Peak and Free Series? I would love to see those numbers. It's something that helps the sport. And trashing it because you don't do it, you don't agree with it, you don't think he's a real champion, whatever, it's just not the right thing to do. It helps the sport. At what cost? What What is the cost? It lowers the title of champion? I would strongly disagree with that. You have some people in the lower series that win championships that are better than some people at the cup level because it's a funding or opportunities or what have you. There are some people I would love to have seen Chad Christopher perform at the top level in cup series with good equipment. He made some starts. You know, Mike Stefanik, same thing. You look at these guys, and because they're racing in the lower series, that doesn't make them worse. You know, a peak antifreeze driver, it doesn't make him less of a champion because you don't like the series as much. Just like somebody saying, I don't like the K&N series in particular. I don't think that's real ser- That's real racing because there's less cars in the field. Last year's, let's say this year's champion, there's so few cars in the field, it means less that they won a championship, and it is absolutely a joke that they were the champion because there are less cars in the field. Some races are only going against six or seven other cars. Well, that's just ridiculous. They're just as much a champion, a NASCAR champion, as anybody else. Is it the same as winning a cup championship? No, it's the highest level of racing. Is winning a truck championship or an Xfinity championship the same as, as winning a cup championship? No. It's, it's a lower level, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, they're just as much a champion. And if they're using it as a stepping stone to get further in their career, we have to. We don't have to. But it's good to fully support it and give them the opportunities ahead based on their accomplishments that they've gotten. And I don't say any of this to discredit the lower series, the K&N champions, or anything like that. They are just as much a champion. And is it easier to win a championship in the K&N series than in the Cup series? Yes. And to say anything otherwise wouldn't be fair. But that doesn't mean it's easy to do. They are still a champion, and it's still an incredible accomplishment. It's not as incredible as winning a Cup championship, but it's still very incredible and something that I w- I've never done and I probably never will do. I've never driven an actual stock car in a race or anything of the sort. I'm hoping to. I'd love to drive a street stock or something, and we're, we're trying to get something organized there. But to take away from them is just simply not right. I think that's about all I can say before I start beating a dead horse on the topic. Another last thing I want to wrap up with is the app FlickChat came to us and they said, hey, we've come out with this new app. And basically, it's built around podcasters interacting with fans, fans interacting with each other. It's a good middle ground to talk about certain topics, talk about things you like, things you don't like. It helps me get in contact with you fans, like I do on Twitter and everything else. And they're just seeing what works, what does, what people like, what people don't like. So if you download the app and use the code bottled up, it's all one word, all lowercase, bottled up, one word, lowercase, and just try it out. See what you think. It's very simple to use. It's very user-friendly. We're gauging how much people like it. If people really like it, then yeah, it's something we'll keep doing. If people really don't like it, maybe we won't continue with it. But I, I personally really enjoy the app. It's very easy for me to use. It's a great way to interact with people. I've connected with a couple other podcasts that are also on it. And I, I really do enjoy the product. That's why I'm pushing it. So 
if you want to try it out, there's links to it over on my Twitter at Bottled Up Radio. If you if you're not following me there already, I strongly encourage it. But it's a, it's a it's a good time over there on Twitter. It's a good time over on Flickchat. We're also doing a giveaway where I will we will get you a 124th scale diecast of your driver of choice, a 124th scale diecast. If you can correctly guess every single car, you have to be 100% correct in the big one. The big wreck tomorrow Sunday. Tweet it at me, let me know somehow what you're what you believe all the cars involved in the big one are going to be. If you are 100% correct, Free 124th scale diecast. Unfortunately, we didn't get up to the 30 people involved in the Flick Chat group uh, that we would give away a free hat. But more giveaways like that are always coming in the future. I love doing that stuff. So follow over there on Twitter so you see these in advance. But it's been a it's been a very interesting week in racing. I'm excited to see the new car. Austin Dillon drove it. He seemed to really like it. So that's a good sign that the drivers are now going to be happy in their cars again. But what are your thoughts on this? I'd love to know. Follow me on Twitter at Bottled Up Radio. Leave some reviews over on iTunes. That helps us out a ton. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Bottled Up Podcast.